today on CityCast Denver. I love ADUs, accessory dwelling units, carriage houses, granny flats, whatever you want to call them, they're great. It's like a second home you can build on your own property. So it's not just developers who can swoop in and change your neighborhood. You can too, but reap the benefits yourself. Make a little extra money, provide housing for the community. So why can't every Denverite build an ADU already? Today is Wednesday, August 18th, 2021. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. I am. I'm reporting. I'm ready to go. Okay, I'm ready too. Councilwoman Amanda Sandoval has been leading the ADU charge from her District 1 on the north side. Last year, she pushed through a rezoning to allow ADUs in Chaffee Park, and last week she did it again for Sloan's Lake and parts of West Colfax. Councilwoman Sandoval, thanks for joining me here on CityCast Denver. Yeah, it's my pleasure to be here with you today. So I'm really excited to talk to you about ADUs because I care a lot about housing in this city. And, and it's really a conversation about housing and density and the character of our neighborhoods, especially on the north side. And I want to start with that. You're from North Denver. What was your neighborhood like growing up? Yes. So I was born and raised in the statistical neighborhood of Highland. So grew up off of like 30, 36th and Vallejo. They were older homes, mostly built of brick, single family homes on a you know, pretty amazing block. I had friends who lived on the corner. We used to play kick the can. I don't even think people know what kick the can is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a great block where um, most of my friends lived in in homes where it was a brick home, like an older a Tudor home or bungalows type, type style home. So pretty basic neighborhood. And that's the thing I think your district in particular is one of those districts in Denver that's seen a lot of change. Um, and so you recently got new zo- a new zoning overlay approved by city the whole city council that will allow for construction of accessory dwelling units or ADUs on certain properties in Sloan's Lake and parts of West Colfax. And late last year, you got something similar passed for Chaffee Park. Can you explain what the overlay will potentially accomplish for the neighborhoods in your district? What we did was we allowed a um, the ability for people to build an accessory dwelling unit detached or attached. A lot of people think of accessory dwelling units as the detached one that's above a garage or like a little casita in the back, a smaller house in the back, but they can also be attached. You can also attach them so somebody can live separate from you and you can charge rent. So we rezoned the whole entire Chaffee Park neighborhood in November of 2020 during the pandemic. And then we started Um, the rezoning of the Sloan's Lake neighborhood, which just passed last Monday night, to allow accessory dwelling units within that neighborhood as well. What is it about ADUs that you see as something that Denver, especially your district, could benefit from? Um, It's interesting. So the Chaffee Park, that was really came from the neighborhood and neighbors who lived in that statistical neighborhood asked when I got elected in 2019 if I would think um, about rezoning the entire neighborhood instead of having them do a one-off rezoning for each person having to pay a thousand dollars and go through the process. It's interesting. I've traveled a lot in Mexico 
And I've actually stayed in accessory dwelling units in Mexico, and they're not that big of a deal. People just have a, a little casita or a little house in the back, and you can stay, and you don't really see the person who lives up front. It's a whole separate entrance, whole entire little bedroom with a little kitchen. And so when I found out that they weren't allowed in Denver, when I first started working for city council in 2012, I couldn't understand why. To me, it just made sense, especially in a, when we're facing such a housing crisis. I would love to have my mom lives around the corner from me, and I would love to have an accessory dwelling unit for her. So if someone wanted to, one of our the grandkids wanted to live with her as she got older. And then also for people who have been moved out, displaced from the north side because of the rise in property value and, the, and how expensive it is, it's another way to make money so you don't have to leave, especially as you get older and you want to retire. It's hard as those property taxes go up and your income does not match what the property taxes are. What would you say to someone who says, well, old Denver is gone. People have already been displaced. Is this ADU rezoning situation like too late? It's interesting you say that because you're the third person who's probably said that with to me in the past 10 days. I don't think it's ever too late. What I'm doing is I'm working for the next seven generations of Denverites. Denver did not get a zoning code until 1952. And that was not, that was changed only once in 2010. And so what I think about zoning is I don't think about it's too late. I think about the fact that it's the ability for my kids to be able to live within the neighborhood. So for me, as a policymaker, I never think it's too late because policy is supposed to help the next, those who come after us and those right now. What are some of those things that people counter with that say they don't want ADUs? Because I I have a hard time understanding the problem, to be honest with you. I see see only the benefits. What What are some concerns of folks that don't want them? So people are really tied to parking. They're afraid that they're going to lose their parking in front of their home as the as development changes. A lot Mm. of times what you hear is the privacy from people's backyards that if there is a one and a half story building in the backyard that they're not going to have as much privacy in their backyard as prior and change. A lot of comments that we get when we first start talking about it, they think that it takes the ability to add more density into the neighborhood like apartment buildings and apartment complexes and it changes the underlying zone district and it doesn't it still it does it only adds the ability to build an accessory dwelling unit detached or attached i was talking about this earlier if 10 people on my block built adus that would be 10 units versus a single unit a single developer building a 10 unit slot home like the gentle density is sort of spreading it out and allowing folks to add to their own property, essentially. And one interesting thing that I thought about last Monday when we were voting on it, I don't remember, I probably maybe five, maybe 10 phone calls about an accessory dwelling unit being out of scale, but you do get phone calls on parks not being kept up. You do get phone calls on speeding. You do get phone calls on other quality of life, especially like what you just said, a big slot home development coming into the neighborhood. You do get phone calls on that. I do all the time in my office, but I don't get phone calls about accessory dwelling units being built because most of the time people don't know they're in the backyard 
and they're gentle. And so they're not, they're supposed to be accessory to the primary dwelling. A few months ago, we had a couple of your constituents on our show, Sean and Ben Johnson, and they told their story of trying to build an ADU for their disabled mom and being shut down time after time by the zoning board. Are you familiar with their case? I am. I don't normally weigh into the Board of Adjustment, but I wrote a letter of support for them talking about that I felt like they, for the Board of Adjustment, that they qualified for the variance that they were requesting. Since then, I've actually started talking to Councilwoman Robin Kanich about implementing different type of policy for the Board of Adjustment so that maybe we can get better outcome. My issue with the Board of Adjustment is it's an oversight of five board members who are appointed by solely by the mayor. And they don't, I don't know who, what their qualifications are. I don't know if they have a background in zoning. My question is, who does the board report back to? Who checks in with the board periodically to see if they have the tools that they need to be successful? Who is holding them accountable? It doesn't seem to be that there's much check and balances with that board right now. This kind of speaks to what I think you've been getting at this whole time too, which is this should be a whole city, like it would be ideal if the whole city was just zoned for ADUs. But even taking individual neighborhoods and and rezoning them is a big a big step because before like you're saying everybody would have to go through this permitting process and it's just it's cumbersome and it it doesn't it doesn't push people to do to make these big decisions to say maybe we should build an ADU what would you see as a benefit if we could rezone the whole city of Denver to allow ADUs so one of the things that i think are key terms people are using right now are this term equity I want equality. And so I want to be able to have everybody have the entitlement, be able to have the right to build an accessory dwelling unit, not have to go to through a rezoning process, pay $1,000, go through a six to nine process, then get the right to start building and permitting. The ADU process, the permitting process is very It's not very streamlined. It takes a long time. It takes a lot of money. And so what I feel like is if we created an even even playing field for everybody to start out with the ability to have the right to build an accessory dwelling unit, then we're creating equality for everybody. And then you can go into the nuance of getting your accessory dwelling unit permitted and built and financed and all of the other hurdles that it takes to even build an accessory dwelling unit. Just in closing, what is it about housing that, why do you care? Why do you care about the housing issue in Denver? Growing up, um, my mom worked in affordable housing. She ran a nonprofit in Northwest Denver called the Neighborhood Housing Service. And she worked with people who lived in Northwest Denver who had been historically redlined, who were not able to move into our neighborhood who were not given loans because of their sexual orientation, who were not given loans because of their ethnicity. She worked so hard and I saw the impact that it made when she brought in these and was able to get the loan and able to get people into owning homes. And then she 
um, worked for Mercy Housing Colorado. She was the president and she worked on building affordable housing. My father was a state senator and he owned two restaurants in Northwest Denver, La Casita. And so I grew up learning that the biggest investment in my life would probably be a home. Housing matters. If you have a house, when you have a stable place to live, other things in your life can happen. And so I believe everyone deserves that opportunity. Councilwoman Sandoval, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me on your show. I listen to it often while I'm walking. So thank you for the work you do for Denver. And here's what else is happening in Denver today. Green Valley Ranch will be getting a Costco. Why is this a big deal? Well, according to Denverite, this part of the city has been considered a food desert for decades, and the bulk food retailer would be changing that for the better. From what I hear, Costco has great benefits and treats their employees well and has the potential to bring more than 200 jobs to the area. Plus, if you've been looking for a store that sells soy milk by the pallet, bathing suits, and industrial-sized containers of M&Ms, Costco is definitely your jam. Get ready to huff and puff through your next hike because Rocky Mountain National Park just instituted a mask mandate. According to the Denver Post, the new mandate applies to all visitors, even vaccinated ones, and covers all buildings, shuttles, and any outdoor space where, quote, physical distancing cannot be maintained, such as narrow or busy trails and overlooks. Of course, if you heard our episode with Estes Park podcaster Aaron Miller last month, you've got plenty of inspiration to get you off those most crowded trails. You heard that episode, right? That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye! Although those are not things that I buy. Well, I do buy industrial pallets of soy milk, to be fair. And I have bought workout clothes there. Not a bathing suit yet. I'm close.